Hey, this is Pastor Tom with North Glencoe Baptist Church, and you're watching Not Another Church Podcast. This is a weekly podcast featuring church staff and your host, Pastor Tom. So thanks for tuning in. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul, and remember that in 1 Corinthians we have kind of half of a phone conversation. We're, we're getting Paul's response to a letter that the church in Corinth had sent him, and so kind of have to read in between the lines and get that they had sent him some questions, and this obviously was one of the questions. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom all things exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom all things exist. Okay, so just to kind of set us up in Corinth and in a lot of Greek and Roman towns, you could. Uh, there were sacrifices that were brought to gods, and you could go, and essentially it was like going to the discount butcher. You could get cheap meat. Um, and so clearly the Corinthian church here is asking, hey, can we eat that meat? Uh, you know, they were good Baptists. They were, get, they were going to the discount place. They're going to Aldi's to get a bucket of meat. And they're saying, can we eat that even though it's been offered to idols? And Paul's argument starts out and says, Okay, we know that an idol is just a big hunk of metal or wood. It's not actually anything. So we know that. And it, he leads with, don't get puffed up because you know something. We know this. So clearly he's going to undermine that, that argument that he's just made. However, not all possess this knowledge. But some, through former association with idols, eat food is really offered to an idol. And their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We're no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. Now, I actually experienced kind of a real-world version of this when we lived in Turkey in that every year there's a, a, a celebration in which everybody offer, uh, sacrifices an animal. Might be if it's a big family, it might be a camel. If it's a small family, it might be a, a lamb or a, a goat. Um, they get special in the Muslim religion. You get special bonus points, if you will, if you give that meat to a sojourner or somebody who's in your country from from outside. And so, right after that festival, we would get lots of free meat. Uh, people would bring us a, a Walmart sack looking bag, and it would be full of of pork chops or not not pork chops. <laughs> uh, lamb chops or, or goat chops or a camel hump or some, some meat. Um, and so in cities that had a large Christian uh, presence, like in Samsun, they couldn't take that meat because it would offend the believers who had come out of the Muslim religion, and they would say, well, that's, that's meat that's been offered in the sacrifice. You can't, you can't eat that. Whereas we were, were doing church planting in that zero to one phase where you're trying to do evangelism, we took it. We, we loaded freezers down. What Paul is really arguing is, is that there are things that you're free to do. You know you can do it. You're, you're absolutely free to do it. 
but it would violate the conscience of the brother or sister beside you. Their conscience is more important than your freedom. Okay, so this is a little bit of a, 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 a argument, discussion that Paul is having with his church at Corinth that we, at first blush we would think this has nothing to do with us in 21st century America. We don't have any idols that we're sacrificing meat to, so why do I care? There are lots of things that we have the freedom to do. Um, that if we do it, it would offend someone. The, the thing that immediately comes to my mind is alcohol. There are prohibitions throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament about uh, prohibitions for drunkenness. However, uh, in the South, where, where, where we are, um, if I, as a pastor of this church, were to go to Trey Ragazzi's and order a Miller Lite with my meal, uh, first of all, I know for a fact that every church member who's, or every person who's ever visited this church would walk through the restaurant while I was there. At that moment. At that moment. At that moment. And second of all, it would greatly, deeply offend people. Uh, there are some people who it, would, it could literally shipwreck their faith. That preacher is just another one of them hypocrites. So for me, yes, I am free to have, have a beer. There's, there's no prohibition that I can see in the New Testament that's compelling that would say that, that uh, if I wanted to sit, sit down with a meal to order a glass of wine. However, I know that that would offend people, and so I don't do it. What are some other examples? Of you? Can you guys think of some, something else? Oh, wow, Tom, because my first thought went straight to alcohol. Can you think of well, anything? That's always, you know, the thing, the first one that everybody... So Donna's mind is dwelling on booze. So. <laughs> well, you know, and just, you know, with working at the hospital or working at in, in secular jobs, I mean, the subject of weed and pot, uh, that was everybody's always an argument, well, God makes it and it's of the earth and it's all these kinds of things, but I also bring that up of just, you know, it's... Uh, and I don't mean to pick on that as well, but it doesn't mean it's right, you know, or that you should do it. Uh, I'm sure there's municipal purposes, and that's probably a whole other topic and debate. But, uh, you know, it is against the law. And, and I don't see how you, you know, you can you can kind of justify that. You know, I know there's, there's different things, and we could, like I say, get into the depth of all that kind of stuff. But that's the argument that always would always come up to me, and I always seemed like I had to combat it. Uh, or, you know, or the fact of tattoos or something like that. You know, the scriptures that go straight into the tattoo type yeah, tattoo's thing. tattoo's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, because I used to argue with the students all the time about, well, I want a tattoo, and, and you know, but what is your mom going to say about that tattoo? Well, they're not about it. Well, scripture says you need to honor your honor father, your father mother. and mother. Don't and, create uh, a stumbling block for other students or teens at school. Yeah, you can exactly. see all of the arguments yeah, against and, that. And I would just tell them, you know, if it's something that you feel like, you can live with and you can explain and, and your parents are okay, then that's, that's your decision made by an adult, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's all sorts of kind of things like that, that I think we're always trying to figure out what that line is, I guess. I yeah. I, I, not recent, but I think the only thing that comes to mind for me as we're talking and going through this discussion is probably as I was growing up and a little girl going to a Southern Baptist church. Um, if you, when a woman went to church, she had to wear, certain number of clothing there had to be a slip there had to be skirts pantyhose i remember when the church Trinlin. went yeah yes, yes <laughs> i had some of those little dresses the poofy dresses uh, but 
uh, you know, when, when I was younger, that was a that was a thing. That was a if you went to church, um, and recently it's come up again in some evangelical circles where they're talking about you know dressing honoring God as you come into church, but I remember how tight and how narrow the definition of what you could wear to the church service was for a woman at that time. Now that's changed and it changed culturally, which, you know, is a relief to, you know, all of us who like to wear pants. But um, I do remember that being a big deal when I was a little girl, that it was, if you came in as a woman, um, it was not just frowned upon, it could have created a stumbling block for someone else who was new to the faith, who understood that, you know, like maybe a young person who is converted and they come to church and they'd always seen church people wear this particular set of clothing so that when they walked in, you know, if a woman wasn't wearing that, um, or even I guess a suit for a man would be an example of it, or a button-up shirt, you know, we could get real detailed in what that looks like, but clothing can be something that which brings up, you, you bring up a point of culture, and I've always thought it was interesting that different culture has, different cultures have different rules in that regard. I, I remember going on a mission trip to Mexico and our youth pastor having to have the discussion with the ladies that you have to wear pantyhose. In that culture, if you didn't have hose on, then that had sent a message that was different than the message that would be sent in our culture and it was re our responsibility to, um, to not to correct the culture, but to minister within the culture. And so... Uh, I think missionaries probably faced that a good deal in many ways. Was it you that told us the story that time about the uh, the jacket that they had to put yes, on every time yes, they the holy Yes, the holy uh, sports jacket. Yeah, you need to probably share that story. Well, and it, it, that's... Uh, um, that is more of the DNA being said in a church where this missionary true, came true. in and had done something repeatedly, and so everybody just assumed that wearing a sports jacket gave you a particular level of holiness. And so in this church, uh, you couldn't speak or make the announcements unless you reached over and got the, the church sports jacket and put it on. And so you would have ladies that would come up to be announcing the kids' stuff, and she'd put on the holy sports jacket and then take it off and hang it up. <laughs> um, and, you know, a, a great example of that sort of thing can actually be that there's a particular affectation that has worked its way into the Chinese church when they pray that can be traced back to Watchman Nee having borrowed teeth. He really? had teeth that, that had, because he was didn't have a whole lot of money and he'd spent a lot of time in prison, he had teeth that had actually been made for someone else, false teeth. Yes. And so whenever he talked, he had a lisp from the teeth moving in his mouth, and that is a verbal affectation that it can still be found in some Chinese churches today where people pray kind of like, you know, you've been in the redneck church where everybody talks like they're, they're just country with a capital K, and then somebody's asked to pray, and they start praying in Elizabethan English. And that should feel really foreign to us. Like, why in the world is Pawpaw breaking out with these and thous? And, and we know that the background from that is the KJV. Mm -hmm. Well, in this particular, in the Chinese church, it would be this, this lispy sound to the way that we pray sounds particularly holy, and it's because Watchman Nee had borrowed teeth. All right, with that, we end today's podcast. Thanks for watching Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. We want to invite you to join us Sundays for small group at 9 a.m., worship services starting at 10 a.m. And you can find North Glencoe Baptist Church live each week on Facebook and our northglencoe.org website. If you miss church, no worries. Our past services are easily accessible. 
They're archived on YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook. Make sure to stay up to date by following northlinco.org. Go serve your king.